This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Munganas St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back, everybody. 1106 here in St. Louis. I'm Mike Claiborne, and we have a busy hour for you. Uh, we'll visit with John Mozeliak and talk a little baseball with him. Also, Barry Odom is scheduled to visit with us, and we will hear from the athletic director at St. Louis University, Chris May, as it's a busy day for St. Louis University. They host number 12, Seton Hall. It's an afternoon tip-off with Chaffetz. And the women's soccer team opens up their first round of NCAA tournament action. They play over at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame beat SLU, I believe it was the first one of the early games of the season, one nothing on PKs. So uh, they've got some some uh, making up to do over there. So we wish the ladies over there a lot of luck in making sure that they can get one under, under their belt. Uh, college football was big yesterday. And I'm just going to put this out there now because for all those teams that are on the outside looking in, and really I would say there's about eight teams, eight schools, that whoever is on their schedule, you better look out because this is that time of the season where schools are going to run it up to be impressive. And if you happen to get in the way of one of these juggernauts, it's not going to be pretty. And when you look at your favorite team's schedule, see who they're playing that might be one of the weak sisters because uh, this is where teams really try and stretch it and make that impression on the selection committee. So you've got an Oklahoma that's on the outside looking in. You've got Clemson – not Clemson, you have – Utah, you've got some other schools that are Oregon. They're all trying to make a bid. And then you've got the LSUs and the Ohio States of the world who are trying to make sure they get the proper seating. So it could get ugly over the next few weeks uh, before the final rankings come out. So pay attention to that. And then you have other programs, and I think Missouri is one of them, kind of at a crossroads, okay? Uh, Season hasn't gone as well as you'd wanted it to. And, And you're trying to find a way to, A, salvage it, and also, B, find yourself in bowl contention. Uh, Missouri's situation is a little shaky because of the fact that the NCAA has yet to rule on whether they're going to actually be eligible to participate in a bowl. But there are some other schools that are just fighting it right now. And, man, it's a tough time. You know, they always talk about how tough November can be on a season uh, with injuries and, you know, just inconsistent play and the fact that you might want to start looking at players for next year. So I would just say it's going to be – it's going to be trying for some people, and we'll, we'll visit with Barry Odom here in a bit and just kind of find out what his thoughts are on where Missouri's headed, especially with the offense not being very productive here recently. Um, NFL, interesting week for the NFL. You can go back to the brawl on Thursday night, something none of us have actually seen unfold in that manner. Uh, Miles Garrett said he was sorry, but I think it's safe to say that sorry is not going to get it be shocked to see him in a uniform uh, this year and maybe they carry it to next year. I don't know. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll feel that's enough. You, you just can't do it. Okay. 
and, and, and everybody knows it, including Garrett. Uh, you know, but the NFL just can't get out of its own way. Even the, the Colin Kaepernick workout thing was was messed up. Now, the NFL wanted to do it a certain way. Colin Kaepernick wanted to do it a certain way, and they found that they couldn't find a way to get it done. So Kaepernick moved the workout somewhere else and uh, went through it. There were eight teams instead of the, the scheduled 25 teams. Um, so I don't know where that's going to go. Apparently he had a good, solid workout. And if you watch quarterback play in the NFL, um, there's no reason he can't play. When you look at some of these schmoes that they have running out there now, they just can't get out of their own way. So we'll see what happens from here. Uh, I don't think this story is over with by a long shot. Um, but, you know, the NFL is just, it's just dreadful. I mean, the play on the field is awful, but the way it's run is even worse. And, you know, I don't even have to talk about what's going on with St. Louis and, you know, Kroenke and that whole thing in the NFL. And, you know, I know everybody's licking their chops, hoping that they can get somebody on the witness stand if it goes that far. But, I mean, this is a league that's in a state of flux. And they've got it in the palm of their hands. Everybody watches it. The TV ratings are, are always good. Not as much from an attendance standpoint for the actual games. But overall, this is a league that just, I mean, they just find ways to mess up. Every week, is there's more discussion about things that happen off the field than on the field. So, I, I don't know. Moving on to hockey. We talked to Joey Vitale in the first hour about the Blues, and maybe they've kind of hit a little bit of a rut. Um, they played a lot of hockey, a lot of overtime, as we all have learned. And uh, Anaheim really was, a, was the better team last night, and I just thought the Blues just weren't on their game. Uh, still trying to figure out who's going to play where. Clem Costin, according to Joey Vitale, thought well, he thought he was pretty solid. Blues have some other decisions to make on the two veterans that they brought in for tryouts. Uh, they're a little thin right now. And, and fortunately, even though they've lost their last two, they, they've had guys step up and play well. Uh, as you, if you know me, I don't get worked up about how good a team is until January. So they still have time to get everything put in order, and I think we all learned firsthand that, you know, you can turn this thing on and you can go a long way. I'm not advocating that the Blues, you know, go out and tank it and say, all right, here we are. It's January. Let's start playing hockey. Can't do that. League's too good. But I think that they have a better understanding of who they are. Now they just have to be more consistent. And, and don't you love Craig Berube? I mean, in this day and age of X's and O's and this and that and all this cute terminology, he has simplified the game and says, hey, fellas, here's what we do, here's what we don't do, the basic rules of hockey. And the Blues follow them to the letter, and when they do, they're a pretty good hockey club. I know some thought, well, you know, they can't play that physical style throughout the season like they did in the playoffs. Well, you know, you pick your spots, but the Blues, this is when you know you're a championship team. You can play it any way the other guy wants it played. Want to play physical? Sure, we can, we can bump and grind with the best of them. Need some skilled hockey players? Yeah, the Blues have some skilled guys, and they have guys who do this, and this is what separates the good teams in this league. Players that are willing to go to the net. Uh, Joey touched on it earlier about how many guys want to have the highlight reel shot and, and do things that are very flashy but, man, you better have some people who want to go to the net and take a cross check or a slash or whatever it takes in order to be in position to score a goal, get a deflection, draw a penalty, those sort of things. And the Blues have a whole team of them. And I think that's the reason why they're as, as complete as they are, which is why I said earlier, uh, they can play it any way you want. 
So we'll see what happens when Tampa rolls in here. That's a really good hockey team on Tuesday night. Pat Maroon will be part of it. I'm sure they'll give him his ring at that particular time. So it'll be a good night to go support the St. Louis Blues. Uh, speaking of support, St. Louis Shoe was in action this afternoon. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, for all you fellas who thought about raking leaves, how about this? We'll just tell, tell you significant. Hey, you know, it's going to rain here in a little bit. I don't think I can get it done in time. Tell you what. I'm going to go to the basketball game, and if it's not raining by the time I come back, I'll try and get out there and do something. I wish you luck on that. I'm just, it's just a suggestion. I'm not telling you this is what you have to do because you do want to make sure that dinner will be served tonight or whatever you do on a Sunday evening. You don't want to get yourself in too much trouble. But it, it should be a fun game. St. Louis U is going to be an entertaining team, in my opinion, because they can score a little bit. Uh, Hassan French is a beast below the free throw line. I mean, he is just tough to play against. And Yuri Collins is a guy who's finding people open and making plays. And they've got some other good young players that really are going to be fun to watch this year. And as, and I love the way uh, Travis and Chris May set up the schedule with each team being better uh, in a non-conference schedule. And they'll go on the road and they'll find out how good they are because this is all about – this is a road sport. If you can win on the road, you can do anything. So we'll find out, but they've got some good confidence going right now in Seton Hall. As we mentioned, they're ranked 12th. If you think ranking at this time of the year is important. Personally speaking, I don't, but I do understand you have to have a gauge on teams that you think will be better. And that's the one thing about the NCAA and the tournament. You know, you can be ranked number one going into it and get knocked off, and all of a sudden you get ranked somewhere else and college football's gone that route as well as far as the top four teams or five teams or however you want to rank it. Uh, so there is a better way, but at this time of the year, the beginning of the year, you say to yourself, well, you know, I mean, really? I mean, how do we know what, what, how do we know the difference between number 12 and number 15? Or how do we know the difference between number 8 and number 10? I mean, there, there's a lot of things that go into it because nobody's playing anybody right now, okay? This is a good test for St. Louis and certainly for, for Seton Hall. But when you look at some of these games on these schedules, you say to yourself, I didn't even know this, this school existed, let alone had a basketball program. And then somebody can go out and find them and put them on the schedule. Now, you can get shocked. I think everybody in the state of Kentucky knows who Evansville is right now, considering what they did over the week. So there are teams that can break through that gauntlet that has been put down by the, the power teams and making sure they go out and find teams that they know they, they can have their way with and they pay them a nice sum of money to come in and take a beating in some cases. And then at, at some point when we start playing for keeps, and again, I don't really think you know what you have until after Christmas in college basketball, but you have to play games and it's a good test today to see what happens with St. Louis U. So those are some of the things that are going on. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to visit with Barry Odom here in just a bit. John Mazalak uh, will talk with us. And I, I just have one question. You know, we hear so much about the general manager meetings. What, what else do they do other than talk to agents and maybe uh, sign a player or two? I mean, so we'll, we'll find out the nuts and bolts of what the meetings are, are comprised of and uh, talk to him about his ball club and, you know, where they go from here. So we'll have a chance to visit with him. Um, also, oh, one other thing, Don Cherry must watch TV over the years. And, and Don kind of stepped in it last week and the support that he's been given on both sides of the fence have, it's been interesting. 
Uh, he made a mistake. There's no question about it. Made a mistake. I think people who know Don Cherry know he's a good person. Uh, and it was unfortunate that it happened, but I think the bigger picture was that Sportsnet there in, in Canada didn't want him around anyway, and they, they found this is a convenient way to get him out. And I want to tip my cap to uh, Andy Strickland, who had a chance to interview him earlier this week or right after the firing, and he did a nice job with Don Cherry, uh, who's a good man. And I hope he lands somewhere because he is entertaining. He can be a little gruff. He can be sports' version of Archie Bunker in some cases, but in the at the end of the day, he means well. He's a good person, and uh, we hope that he lands on his feet. Plus, he amuses me to no end when he gets worked up. But uh, it was an unfortunate situation. We'll see what happens with his career. Uh, at 85 years old, he's seen a lot and done a lot and still has a lot to offer, so we wish him the best. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got another special guest coming your way. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we're going to have a chance to visit with Missouri head coach Barry Odom. Get his thoughts on his ball club's actions yesterday and where do they go from here, especially offensively. And we'll find out when we return here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 22 after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let's go to the phones and we visit with the head coach of the University of Missouri, Barry Odom. Coach, good morning. Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? We're doing well. Let's talk a little bit about yesterday. Uh, tough loss for you, for sure. Uh, from where you stand, what where do you see the issue concern concerning your offense? Because I know you and your coaches have probably looked at the film. Is there anything consistent that you see that you say, all right, this is something we probably need to tighten up a little uh, there's, bit? Yeah, there's a number of things. Any, anytime you get into the, the stretch, you know, the last four-game stretch we've We've been on and offensively, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating to to the degree because we can't, you know, understand what we need to do better, and we haven't been able to get it done. So the execution of being able to run the ball has been absent, uh, you know, and then really any explosive plays down the field we've come up short on. We had one yesterday and then didn't capitalize on it. Um, so a, a number of things. It's not, you know, it's not just any one guy or one coach or one call. It's it's collectively we haven't been. They've been very good in any way that you want to slice it or dice it on that side of the ball. It's you know it's uh, you look in the mirror and you're you're in, in a position to try to fix problems and change them. And believe me, we're trying with everything we got to go find a way to efficiently uh, get it fixed. And I, you know, it's not going to be just hey, we understand we got to get better in this area. Wave the wand and it and it happens. You've got to focus on the small of getting first downs. Okay, number one, get a first down and that drive. And then move the ball, and when you can find ways to get into the rhythm offensively, that's when we're going to be our best. So, you know, it's a collection of things, not one area just you know that uh, we're coming up short on, but but obviously the urgency to find a way because really you look defensively, you know, we're giving ourselves an opportunity to win some games, uh, and that that effort's got to stay, and we've got to find ways defensively to continue to play that we are um, because we're going to need it here. You know, two games in the next 13 days, uh, it'll it'll test us all and making sure that we can get in position to go win a game. You know, w- one of the things at this time of the year, you, you, when you look at your playbook, is that something that you reduce or do you go back into it and say, you know, this is something we haven't run as much as maybe we should try and look at at this point because practice time well, is precious at this time of the year. So. It is, yeah. It's a balance. You know, you want to – you always game plan on what you think gives you guys the best chance to, to go – uh, execute and you know the thing that I want and challenge our staff with this morning is 
you know, for for this week and everything that we're doing, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say it's a simple game plan, but but we need to be able to go play with confidence and go execute and play fast and whatever that looks like, whatever that that ability is for us to go do that, then let's do it and give our guys an opportunity to line up, go go play as fast as we can and play with confidence. But but also from a player standpoint. Uh, the the self discipline it takes to prepare the way that you need to to be able to go give yourself confidence to play, you know it's it's it all works together. But I I know that uh, we're gonna we're gonna re- regroup and rebound and and for me my sole focus this week is to find a way to send we got 16 seniors and I want to find a way to send them uh, off for O field the last time as as winners and uh, that's 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 where my focus is on making sure that we do everything we can for those 16 guys. Uh, to remember their last game at Pro as as uh, walking off there being winners. Let's let's go to the other side of the ball for a minute. Your defense has kept you in a lot of games this year, uh, and you lost some really good players early on. What's been the key to your defense at this stage of the season? I think both of the you know a number of things with the number of guys we have back. They're they're in the same system for two years in a row, which is is beneficial. Uh, they understand they're, they're, they are playing fast, playing aggressive, I think, on the line of scrimmage. Some of the things we've been able to do on controlling the line of scrimmage and shutting down the run has helped us. But also, you look at statistically, you know, across the board, you know, I think we're ninth in the country in total defense. You look at the way that we're defending the pass and in pass defense, we're, uh, you know, top 10, top eight group in the country. The guys are playing well. They're playing together. The thing that we've missed on the last couple of weeks we had opportunities yesterday and weren't able to come down with them. You know, we've got to start to get back in the world of, of creating takeaways. You know, that's such a game changer for us. And, you know, to get another possession for our offense, uh, it's going to be a huge emphasis for us here in the next two weeks. All right. Next two weeks are important. You mentioned two games in 13 days. Uh, at this stage, you just have to look at the next possession, I would imagine. You don't want to look too far down the road as a coach, and certainly you want to make sure your players stay focused. So how do you approach practice now, especially – and also, how are you health-wise at this stage of the season? Yeah, I think health-wise, we're probably about like every other team in the country. You know, we're going into week 11 or banged up a little bit, but so so is everybody else. But we've still, we've still got to maintain the structure of how we practice, and we got to go practice really well. Uh, be smart with that, but but also understand the opportunities that are that are in front of us. Hey, the, we're five and five. Another win uh, qualifies you for a bowl game. Another win uh, moves us up in the in the standings in the Eastern Conference, which has been decided now. But also, those are so important down the road on where you finish up. And you know, we win, have an opportunity to get six wins, and then you look and you try to focus and get number seven. And then you get into the postseason and try to get number eight. So always looking, you know, on the here and the now and living in the moment, but also understand, you know, I want to make sure that we communicate everything with our team because they're they're hearing it anyway. So why not let you know? I'm going to be the voice and make sure we're all on the same page. Well, Coach, um, we wish you nothing but the best. I know it's been a little bit of a tough struggle, but you know what? Uh, they never say it was going to be easy. So good luck this week, and hopefully the next time we talk, we'll be talking about a Missouri victory. Thanks, man. Y'all have a great week. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That's Coach Barry Odom. Stand by when we return. We'll talk some baseball. The president of baseball operations, John Mozalak, is scheduled to visit with us when we return on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
1131 is our time. We go back to the guest line and standing by as the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. He is John Mazalock. John, good morning. Good morning, Michael. Hey, John, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, aside from the general manager's meeting and talking to agents and people who are looking for jobs, what else takes place at the general manager's meeting from an organizational standpoint? Yeah, so these are a lot more intimate than winter meetings. So you really don't have people running around looking for jobs and, and uh, throwing resumes around. What it really is is, is more of a, a small group discussion on, on you know, really the future of baseball, and it leads up to preparation for the owner meetings that happen uh, this week. So it's really more of just getting an understanding of, of where the game's going, what possible changes might be discussed, or, or at least debate it. And it, it's fun because it's, it's a different type of pressure versus at the winter meetings, you find yourself you know, behind closed doors, trying to do whatever you can to, to improve your club, where these meetings too, you definitely touch base with agents, you definitely touch base with teams, but it doesn't have that same sort of uh, inertia or energy to um, move things along like you see at the winter meetings. With that said, and having a chance to have discussions with general managers, what seems to be the general consensus now as far as the future and, and what guys are starting to see uh, unfold? Uh, with regard to like player movement or? Or just the movement. direction of the game. So the game, I think the, the topic there was, you know, not, not something new, but um, something that was visited is just understanding the, the pace of play, length of game. And, um, you know, they pointed out in the postseason, those games, even with starting pitching going as deep as it did, were still well past the three-hour mark, uh, approaching four hours. And so, you know, when you commit yourself to watching a sporting event, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And so, you know, overall, I think baseball is going to continue to look at ways to um, – find that sweet spot in, in length of game and pace of play. And that was a big topic as, as we were all gathered out there. I mentioned the general manager meetings. You, you talk about some of the things they do organization-wise, but there's also a little tire kicking with regard to finding out what teams may be interested in and, and what you may have to offer. Because I know in the past there have been a lot of deals that have started with discussions at the general manager meetings. Yep, that's true. And, uh, you know, so we did spend as much time as possible trying to connect with teams and uh, have as many face-to-faces with agents as we could. I thought we used our time well. Um, obviously, uh, it was more gathering than anything else, but that's what we used our time with. Nothing wrong with that. John Mazalak is our guest. We're talking a little baseball. What was the common inquiry you got from teams on your players and their availability? I'm sure everything starts with Dylan Carlson, but... Uh, I'm sure teams are starting to look at you a little bit and try and see who else they can try and pry away from you. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, probably like the overarching theme was definitely the outfield. Um, you know, clearly we have some depth there. And I think uh, a lot of people like our arms. So um, I'm not saying I want to part with any of that, but, you know, just it was sort of a definitely – the feeling that we walked away from is, is people appreciate the pitching depth we have, but also um, um, what we have in the outfield. Free agency is underway. Handicap, if you will, the the pool of free agents and where you see the most talent. What at what position? Well, you know, you certainly have some elite pitching out there this year, which doesn't always happen because when you think about 
players that are entering their prime, a lot of times you, you have players that, that will do those multi-year deals before they ever get to the free agency. Thus, when they're taking that next big bite at the apple, they might be in their uh, early to mid-30s. But you have a group of guys that have uh, gone year to year, and, and now they're t- testing free agency. And I think uh, a lot of teams are excited with uh, the potential of what that may look like. I think from an industry standpoint, you know, who, who who really knows what the pace will look like. But, you know, look, there's a lot of discussions going on out there, and I think everybody will find jobs, put it that way. <laughs> so, sooner or later, there will be gainful employment for just about everyone. Hey, Marcelo Zuna rejected the qualifying offer, and I don't think anybody was shocked by that. So where does that leave the Cardinals, and, you, and can you still continue to negotiate with them? Because I know when you hear rejection, people are like, oh, we're done with him. So how does that work for people who aren't familiar with the, that process? Uh, so all that really means is that he rejected a one-year offer from us. Um, but as far as still being able to talk to them, negotiate with them, um, everybody's still open for business. So, you know, I think time will tell on that. And, um, you know, we'll just sort of take it uh, each day at a time and, and see where it goes. But have a very good relationship with the agent and, certainly uh, feel like if there's something that we need to do or act on, we'll be prepared to. How many players, if any, do you have that will be arbitration eligible this year? We have a light arm class this year. Um, I think right now we have two guys eligible, uh, John Gant and Dominic Leon. So uh, usually first-time relievers that don't have a lot of saves sort of fall into a certain <laughs> class but um, or group. But, yeah, it's, it's not something that – be overly distracting or difficult this offseason. What's next for the organization at this point as you're leading into the winter meetings and what do you think the heavy topic of discussion will be not only within your organization but certainly around baseball now that everybody's had a chance to absorb what was going on at the general manager meeting? Yeah, really hard for me to answer sort of the, the high level what other people are thinking or doing but I would say for the Cardinals perspective it's it's you know, obviously focused on how we want to think about our off-season curriculum, which we're already un- unfolding and, and players are already begun working on what they need to do for next year. But then it's, it's, it's the simple arbitrage, if you will, and understanding, you know, are we able to take some depth that we have on our club and, and add something else that we might feel benefits us? So the internal exercise will be something that we're doing between now and winter meetings and, you know, depending on pace and, and, Availability. It might take us even into January, but time will tell. There's a lot of talk about technology and how it's being used, and I would think that some teams, and certainly Major League Baseball, they're going to have to address this at some point uh, because of how things are starting to unravel with Houston. Uh, I'm sure they weren't the only team, but I think that at some point maybe they're going to have to readdress how technology is going to be used with regard to how people watch the game and how teams watch the game. Yeah, clearly a, a hot-button topic this past week. I mean, you couldn't have a conversation where that didn't come up. But to, to really get to the crux of it, I think you know Major League Baseball is going to have to come up with, with some policies and regulations that, that allow people to understand that there are rules. And if they're broken, there are problems. So, you know, I think it's hard for me to comment currently on what's being discussed and, and all that, but... Let's just say that that it's it's not a topic that's going away anytime soon. Manager of the year, Mike Schilt. That has a nice ring to it. 
Sure does. And, and well-deserved. You know, I think it's a, it's a compliment to our organization. It's a compliment to our coaches, our players, but of course to him. And, you know, I think, uh, the run we were on this year and, and what we were able to do and how we were able to do it, uh, I think speaks volumes for us. So I think it was really a proud moment for everybody involved, but I got to tell you for him, it's, it's gotta be a, something that's just so special and being one of the first people to ever win that, that never played in the game is, is something yeah. even more unique. It's so no it's, a, it's a great story. And, uh, um, one, I think we all take a lot of pride in. And, and you know what, John, also, it, it's a real tribute to his staff. I, I mean, you know those guys as well as anyone in the, in the work they put in and the preparation uh, that they put in before the game and certainly after the game is something that kind of goes overlooked. But if you're in the trenches and, and you are, you know what these guys are doing. And it just I think it's a real tip of the cap to, to those coaches as well as all the work that they put in. I would agree. I mean, I would echo that and uh... – you know, certainly someone wins the award, but it's really a, a collection of, of people's efforts that allow us to be where we are. All right. Hey, John, as always, it's good to visit with you. I'm sure we'll cross paths between now and the winter meetings and certainly at the winter meetings. And uh, we always thank you for your time, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thanks, Michael. All right. He's John Mazalak. I'm Mike Claiborne. Stand by. When we come back, we'll have a chance to visit with Chris May. He's the athletic director at St. Louis University. Big weekend for them. Basketball this afternoon at Chaffetz. The women's soccer team is over at Notre Dame playing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We'll get an idea of what's going on at SLU when we come back here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, it's always good to visit with the athletic director at St. Louis University, Chris May, because he might be the busiest guy in town on this Sunday afternoon with uh, basketball coming up with the Billikens in Seton Hall, number 12-ranked Seton Hall. But also the women's soccer program is taking on Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament. So what hat are you putting on today? Well, I'm putting the hat of the Billikens on today, Claves. It is uh... – this is why this is why we're in this business, right? To help uh, young people put them in position to compete. And today's one of those great days, as you mentioned, women's soccer playing Notre Dame over in Notre Dame first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Katie Shields, coach, uh, two-time A10 coach of the year, has a just a fantastic team led by a couple St. Louisans, uh, Allie Klug, Narinx Hall grad, who's a two-time All-American, um, Courtney Reimer, who is. Uh, local local product. It was the A10 MVP. Courtney Frericks, St. Charles young woman. Uh, it can just is a prolific scorer. So we are really really fired up about our women playing Notre Dame today. You know we always talk about soccer being a hotbed here in St. Louis, and they always seem to circle the men's when they talk about it. But the women's programs around town have certainly turned out not only good players for St. Louis U, but for a lot of other good programs around the country. Mike, there's no question. Uh, you know, they've put players from Carolina and everywhere on U.S. teams. Uh, St. Louis, uh, we all know, is a wonderful community for soccer, men and women. And uh, right now it's the Billiken women's turn, and they're, they're have, they've had a great year, and they're uh, in position to have a good team for a long, long time. Katie just signed a great class. Uh, so we're very encouraged about today. They're fired up to play Notre Dame. They got beat by Notre Dame in the first game of the season, 1-0 on a PK, so uh, they were very uh, fired up to get 
to get the draw and get to go back and play Notre Dame again. I'm going to get to the men's situation in just a bit, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Lisa Stone and the women's program as far as what they've been able to do. Uh, a lot of young players she played last season, and I, I think that's going to pay off this year because she always has a good schedule, and her kids are going to get a lot of ring experience, so that may pay off for them down the road. You, you got it, Mike. Uh, Lisa's done a fantastic job. She's taken us to three postseasons. But last year's super young team, which is still young this year, you know, we had the freshman of the year in Kaija Harbison. We had Maya Clark, who you saw her have 18 against UConn. Uh, Brooke Flowers is the local product who's, who's really turning into being a special player. Um, all sophomores, so we are really encouraged. They're 3-0. and We play Bandy today down at Vanderbilt. And they are uh, they're quietly building something that we are really excited about. Lisa, Lisa's uh, you know brings a lot of energy, connects into this community, and and really started recruiting locally like uh, like our men have, and it's really paying off. Let's talk about today's action here in St. Louis at the Schaefer Arena. You have number twelve Stet, uh, Seton Hall rolling in, and this is a program that you guys decided to reach outside as far as a non-conference game. You went there last year and played them tough. So when I look at the schedule, it seems like with each non-conference game that you're playing, the competition level is getting better as far as the opposition is concerned. And is that a better way to really assess what you have going into conference play? Because you can go out and play a bunch of blood donors and, and find out that, okay, we can beat those guys. But it seems like the non-conference talent that you're playing is better. Well, Klaibs, uh I'm not. I, I'm a little worried about a blood donor, as you put it, because every time you roll it out there, we're we're scrambling. But <laughs> you're right, Travis. Travis really has done a nice job of elevating the non-conference schedule. And so today is the return of a home and home with Seton Hall. Um, you know, we're going to go on the road and play Auburn. We're going to go over to Kansas City and play K State. We're going to Boston College. Um, we've got Carbondale and a bunch uh, and a bunch of good teams coming back here. Tubby Smith coming here next week with High Point. But we really believe the A-10 is is marketably better this year. It's highly competitive, and we thought we really needed a, high, uh, a high-end non-conference schedule to prepare us. So, um, you know, as you'll, as I'm sure Travis will tell you, we might have bid off more than we, we really wanted to early. But this is this is what college basketball is all about. you got to roll it out there and see where you're at. And, you know, we beat Seton Hall on the road last year. That was a huge win for us early. Um they uh, they're coming off of a big time game uh, against Michigan State, where they uh, were close to beating the number three team in the country, and they have a great player, Miles Powell, Miles Powell, who might arguably be the best player in the country, and so uh, it'll be a great test. But uh, our team, our team uh, has a lot of confidence, uh, led by Jordan, obviously Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French, those guys. Those guys have had a lot of minutes. They played a lot of minutes in their day. And coming off of last year's NCAA tournament, winning the A-10, you've got Fred Thatch out of Sykeston, who is doing a fantastic job as a sophomore. And you would be totally remiss to talk about our team and not mention Yuri Collins. What a special, special young man he is from St. Mary's High School here in town. Yuri, uh, I believe, is going to ignite this whole community when they – when people really get – you've seen him play. You've yes, seen him play, Mike. Yes. Uh, this kid is special. This kid is special. And he can pass the ball. He can distribute. He defends like uh, not few point guards want to. Uh, he is a real, real talent, and we're pretty fired up to have him. Chris May is the athletic director at St. Louis University, and he's our guest here on Sports on a Sunday morning. Chris, I want to go back to the schedule for a minute. 
Uh, we talk about trying to improve it and step it up because at the end of the day and certainly at the end of the season, the selection committee will go to that in a lot of cases to see, all right, well, okay, they got 20-plus wins, but who do they play? And it's nice to have a, a Steeton Hall and some of the other teams that you're going to face on your schedule that are non-conference because, as you mentioned, the A-10 is starting to step it up as well. So that's got to bode well, certainly, when the selection process takes place. Well, that's the whole that's the whole idea, Mike. Is we've got to have a we've got to have a non-conference schedule that positions us to be an at-large team. And um, if you take care of business, like a year ago, we had a great non-conference schedule. The fact is, if we beat Pittsburgh in Brooklyn when we had a shot with six seconds to go and miss, uh, we get beat by we get beat by Pitt, and we've got a great Houston team, one-point game with with 15 seconds to go and we got the ball, we had one rim out. You win those two games, we're an at-large team last year. Yeah. And so you, you have to play that type of schedule that really positions you. And we think this schedule does. You, you couldn't be more right. That's exactly what the selection committee looks like. Looks at, they look at wins, but they also look at who'd you, who'd you play when you were deciding? And then were you willing to go on the road? And so that's why we're going on the road to play a couple of the big, the big, timers is because you've got to show that you've been willing to go you put yourself at risk and you found a way to get it done all right in case guys uh, get out of leaf raking duty this afternoon they might want to come down and see st louis you play in action uh certainly in person uh tickets still available i would think that this is going to probably be a pretty popular non-conference game on your schedule it's going to be there are tickets available they can walk up and get them they can go online and get them online and have them shot right to their cell phone on the way and uh but it, it's going to be an electric day in shape it's arena and we're uh, we're really excited about it. the team travis and company is all everybody's got a little bounce in their step for this one so it's going to be a great day and i would be also remiss we we start at noon with our volleyball team against davidson in the final game and our volleyball team as you know had an 8-0 run we went eight in a row we're sitting at third in the A-10, and uh, so we've got a lot going on down at Shapitz, and we welcome everybody to come down and join us. Come early. Come down and have a good time. You know, Chris, uh, When every time you bring up St. Louis University when it comes to whether it's baseball or basketball or volleyball, you name it, your teams are very competitive, and the kids are starting to become more aware of what's going on down there, and it's a tribute to you and certainly your coaches uh, in taking the entire athletic department in the right direction. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. we got a great community with some coaches that really uh, do it the right way, and we couldn't be more proud to work with these kids and put them in position to compete. And that's, uh, that's the fun of this. And days like today, it's like Christmas. You All get right. to really you get to step up and compete, so it's great. Well, let's make sure we don't have a lump of cold under the tree today. Let's just show them have <laughs> we'll a good, good time and have fun out there today. Chris, as always, uh, thanks for the time. Best of luck to you and certainly everybody at St. Louis U. And uh, let's get another win this afternoon against a good team in Seton Hall. You got it. Thanks, Michael. All right. He's Chris May. I'm Mike Claiborne. Wrapping it up here on KMOX after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.